Happy New Year and welcome to the first of many 40-minute mental episodes in 2024. January is often seen as a great month to reset and make plans for the year ahead. You'll have heard of the phrase, new year, new job, and having been a headhunter for 15 years, I can confirm that it's one of our busiest times of the year. In 2024, there is, of course, the additional unfortunate backdrop of economic uncertainty and quite a few redundancies happening across different industries. So with all of this in mind, we thought we'd start the new year with a feature series in which we'll share some actionable career advice to help anyone that might be looking for a new role. In this episode, the JBM team and friends will be sharing some top tips on creating an exceptional CV, as well as the why and how to build your personal brand on LinkedIn. So get your notebooks ready. I hope you'll find this compilation of career advice super useful. First top tip, just don't overthink it. But similarly, you know, put some effort in as well. I, I guess the top tip really is to just recognize that ultimately the CV is not going to be the thing that gets you hired or not hired. You've got so much of the rest of the interview process. Rather, you need to think about your CV as actually just being more supporting materials for your case. But remember, anything you put in there can and should be referenced, right? As you're approaching that, you know, some common mistakes I, I, I see people do, don't need your picture on there. Uh, marital status, I still see that from time to time. Whether you have a driving license or not, probably not quite so relevant if you're you know, working in product. It, it should be one step deeper than uh, what your kind of like LinkedIn public profile would be, right? So facts, figures, those are the things that can, again, help build your case, right? So the, the idea is as you get kind of passed on through the, stages of interviews you have your screen your kind of first deep dive and then maybe culture fit then you've got a case study etc as you're getting passed along this should all kind of feed into a grander narrative so that ultimately when it gets to the like final decision maker having to get all the stakeholders involved to to make you a hire they can say we love hannah for reasons xyz it done this in her, in her background uh, we think that that's really a good parallel etc etc but again just remember, a lot of this stuff can and should be referenced. So just be on the watch out for that. Think through what, what actually you want to get across again. Like for me, it's the ability of communicating concisely what you've achieved in, in a page, but what you've achieved in like 10 years of time. So I think your CV tells me a lot about what are the actual highlights uh, of your experience and the way that you communicate them. At the end of the day, I think your experience, you know, a, a candidate's experience and background can make them a strong candidate. But if they don't communicate that well, then that kind of falls apart. I think for me, I mean, the format aside is is having that strong summary and, you know, being able to skim through the first page and in five seconds, getting a good idea of what your value proposition is and when I would call you. If the employer or the recruiter has to spend time actually working out when you might be able to have an impact or when you might be able to contribute, then there probably is something missing in, in your CV that is failing to communicate what you're good at. And it's especially more impressive, I think, when it's when it's a generalist, because I always say there's nothing wrong about being a generalist, but it's obviously at the end of the day, your experiences and having exposure to different areas is at that intersection that innovation can happen but you still should be able to 
you know, communicate what you want to do and what you have done in the past doesn't mean that that's what you're going to keep doing. But I feel like there, there needs to be a clear story as you read through. The one thing I look for when I review CVs is have they managed to strike the balance of understanding what the purpose of a CV actually is, right? If they've just downloaded their LinkedIn and put it into a PDF format, that's probably slightly not quite enough effort and is not really going to have the context. If they've gone full out, hired a graphic designer, like they've got shapes, colors, all that other stuff, they've got embedded video, like whatever it might be, like that puts me on the watch out for is there stuff that I'm missing in between the lines that this is trying to like distract me from. I mean, obviously, if you are a designer, <laughs> if any part of your job is aesthetic, then clearly, you, you know, it's, it's probably better to invest a bit of time and effort there. But it, it could just be a notion doc, right? There's no right or wrong way to, to do this. But, you know, eye for detail, like have they misspelled things? <laughs> There's very basic things that I think are kind of table stakes for this. I think a CV is a good way of seeing how seriously a candidate takes themselves, right? Including too seriously, if it's if it's to, to one end, but similarly not seriously enough if they, they haven't done that. But as I say earlier, you know, the CV is not going to be the thing that ultimately decides whether you get hired or not. So, don't overthink it. Do something that, you know, you feel represents you correctly. I prefer short and sweet when it comes to CVs. So one or two pages, which really succinctly describe your experience. And the way that I normally suggest candidates structure it is firstly with a short summary at the top of the CV, no more than one or two lines that's just very specific about your skills and experience. So that might reference the sectors you've worked in, uh, the role and scope of role you've had, uh, the stage of growth that you've been through, just something really punchy that sort of draws your attention to it, makes it really clear what you are and sort of entices the reader to keep reading on. Now, the mistake a lot of people make with this is that they sort of add a lot of extra generic information there, whether it's about being a, a strong communicator or a passionate X, Y, and Z. And although all of that stuff is is great, it's kind of wasted in a CV, in my opinion. I think it's much better to show that at interview. So I think be really succinct, really clear. And then um, in terms of the rest of the CV, really important for it to be easy on the eye. So I would normally suggest bolding the job titles and companies you work for and making it really clear uh, the dates that you've been at different places. If the company isn't as well known, a little one-liner is sort of describing, sort of giving context to the role and the industry it's in or the stage of growth or perhaps the investors that have backed it. And then when it comes to the body of the CV, you can cut it different ways. Some might have uh, responsibilities and achievements or bullet points. I'm a big fan of bullet points. Don't do loads of block text. It's very hard to read. Uh, but the key thing for me is what have you personally been accountable for and what have you delivered in your role? So whether that's the teams you've led, the size of the teams or budgets you've owned, the amount of revenue that you've generated, be really explicit and use numbers to help break it up and put things in context. And I'd say typically sort of shorter bullet points with enough detail to give context to what you've delivered and owned, but not overly long that it, it becomes harder to kind of consume. So short and sharp to the point, tailored and specific to, you know, your experience and what you're looking for. And my view is that most people are going to be hired off the most recent role or two. So make sure there's enough detail there on the CV for the most recent roles and maybe minimize the earlier parts of your career into, you know, a few short bullet points. I think for me, first impressions are really important. Personally, when I look over a CV, I'm probably scanning it in about 10 seconds across the, the whole sort of CV. The key thing for me is, is it easy to read? 
you know, how how is it laid out? Are you the sort of person that like, writes in paragraphs? That's probably not going to be as, as applicable to a CV. I think keeping it to bullet points is really important. And also, does it have a logical sort of flow? You know, is the time frame correct or do you jump around? Like, how is it actually laid out? Does it read chronologically? I think that's really important. I think also be clear what you actually do in your roles. Avoid sort of business jargon. You know, make sure that you are able to put across what exactly you do in your role and, and make it clear. I think another key thing as well, and again, this is the age-old argument, is you know how long should the CV actually be? One school of thought is that it should just be the one page, but I feel that you know you risk undercutting yourself and having to take out important parts of your career to date. So yeah, you know, don't undercut yourself and sacrifice valuable experience to keep it to the one page. I think two pages is absolutely acceptable to, to get the right amount of information on. And I think finally, tailor your CV where possible to the role that you're applying for you know don't be afraid to actually do that you can have a generic cv but it's also a good idea um, to have one that's tailored it's almost tailor your cv for the job that you want not the job that you've actually got so you know obviously don't lie don't make stuff up you'll get caught out but i think you know have a think about what are the most relevant parts of your role now and the skills that you have and the skills that you've developed that can be relevant for the role that you're interviewing for or putting yourself forward for if it makes it easier for the person viewing the cv you know put the pieces together and hit that eureka moment you're helping them do that then i think that that's always going to go down well the length of the cv is important don't try and fit everything into one page and reduce it to a font size six the same way yeah you know, i've seen some cvs that are seven or eight pages long that's way too much you know make sure that it's representative of you and that you're actually getting across the right level of information so yeah length of cv i would say to keep it succinct um clear and well structured one of my pet peeves is when you have a cv that is just pages and pages long and it's just all paragraphs and it's like kind of a story also cvs that are formatted weirdly with a picture here and then some text there and some text there and you can't really follow what's going on i think again coming back to like format i think it's so important just to lay it out in like a well-structured clear way that's easy to follow really make sure that you're talking measurable data in the bullet points that you have under each job really think about numbers and metrics and how you can really demonstrate what you've done within the roles you've previously done in those kinds of ways rather than in a purely descriptive way. I see people uh, using far too many pages for the stage they're at in their career, trying to keep your CV as concise as possible. Um, Obviously, once you get to a certain level in your career, you're not going to be able to keep it onto one page, but really ensuring that you're not going beyond two, I think is, I I see that quite often. And I think it's um, probably the biggest, most common mistake I see. I think gaps in CV as well. You know, you may have taken time out. A lot of people have over the last couple of years, but for whatever reason it is, make sure that there is some, you know, mention to it. You know, rather than either trying to pave over it or just leaving a gap, which will always bring the questions, okay, what do you do between this, this sort of time? Making sure that it all adds up on, on a time-wise. And I think as well, just making sure that you keep out any irrelevant bits. You'd be surprised how many people will cut and paste an old CV on there and they're still mentioned to a part-time job they did when they were 15 for the local news agents, whatever it might be. 
absolutely you know valuable um show, shows hard graft but i think yeah make sure that, that everything on there is relevant and that the person reading your cv is is, is going to take something from it my top tip when it comes to putting together a cv would be to add the context of the organization that you have worked with or are working with i.e why were you hired what do they do specifically? Who do they sell into? Has there been a shift in strategy before going into those your achievements and your accomplishments within that particular role? What recruiters and headhunters are really looking for is really understanding the context in which you've created or had those achievements. So really adding in the journey and the growth that you've been through, i.e. taking your business from X to Y in terms of revenues or FTEs or expansion into new markets. So instead of saying, I've expanded this company into three new markets, give some context and say the company was in two markets when we first started and we expanded them into an extra three, bringing them from two to five. I think in general, I don't think people, you know, pay as much attention as they used to to CVs, which is a problem as they are very much not dead. I like when people start with a strong summary that highlights the the sort of key strengths that they have. I like a CV that is tailored for an application and also keep it quite succinct. I think if you have 25 years of experience, like you still kind of have more than a two page CV. So focus on the most relevant and recent experience and focus on how you want to get across. I think at the end of the day, your CV can be a very smart way of leading where you want the interviewer to go into as well. When I'm looking through CVs, I'm looking for like, what have you done? You know, what are your tangible outcomes? What are your achievements? What is like, you know, the bread and butter of what you do? Definitely, you know, like be clear on job title, company. I quite like it when people include like what the company is and and, like um, a little bit of information about that just so that you know. Um, And then, yeah, just, you know, some clear bullet points on key uh, responsibilities and then some key achievements or, or outcomes. Something I run into all the time is, this is this bias of big companies that is, oh, I've heard of Facebook. They must be amazing. I haven't heard of this small bootstrap company. They can't be that great. And they're like, well, that's such a stupid lens to, to look at the world. But from the candidate side, you can help guide them on this because like, if, if I'm reviewing CVs, I'm not going to necessarily go and look up what every single one of these companies is. But I'd say when you're kind of putting together a CV, just say what your company is, what it does, say the, the kind of scale it was when you joined, when you left, you know, so like I worked for company A, uh, we were a series A B2B SaaS company, we were 30 people when I joined, we were 150 when I left, I was there from series A through to series C, um, our customer base went from a to F, we are go to market strategy, like any any kind of contextual information that you can put in there, right? Don't be super disingenuous with your numbers, right? If you had one customer and then you had three, like I grew customer base by 200%, like be a bit kind of realistic about this. Don't hide behind the, the kind of 
uh, low base of, of numbers when you're kind of thinking about how you scale the business. There's a few mistakes that I see uh, people make with CVs. One of the biggest ones is writing a shopping list of all their experience. <laughs> so just lots and lots of information about every minute detail of their role. And the reality is that that is a lot of that stuff is irrelevant. So I think it's about really tailoring the most important aspects of your role for the role that you're applying for, making sure that that really comes out and doing it in a kind of succinct way. I think it's really important to be able to articulate what you have delivered and be responsible for in a kind of bite-sized format. Um, so for me, not too long on bullet points, but bullet points are really important. That's one mistake I see is just way too much information. And similarly, that's what is often the case when you see CVs that are four, five, six pages long. That's way too much. I think it's an important skill to be able to condense, clarify, and succinctly position your experience in a consumable way. So really working hard at chopping down the CV to cut out any unnecessary extra information to really focus it in on particularly the most relevant and most recent experiences. Other mistakes I see, uh, grammar and spelling is a kind of should be a given, but sadly isn't always the case. So I would always suggest candidates double check that sort of stuff. And also I think it's about making it easy to consume. So I've talked about bullet points. Bullet points are key. It's spacing things correctly, um, not having loads of block text, not being too jazzy on the formatting as well. I think clean and simple is, and just really making it uh, an attractive but easy to read CV is important. Another mistake I see people make is not being specific about what you personally have been responsible for and uh, delivered. So a lot of we did this and that or kind of more generic stuff. That's something that I think is a mistake. By doing that, you're, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot a bit by not being clear enough around uh, what you've achieved. One of the things I'd like to see more in CVs is people really trying to communicate their personality a little bit through it. It doesn't need to be a purely dry document. It's a sales tool and you're selling yourself. So really think about the way that you're writing about the jobs you've had and the way you're presenting that data to people is saying about who you are. If you are particularly in our world, the VC tech ecosystem, LinkedIn is a essential tool. It's the primary place that recruiters will go to look for talent and also internal talent teams. Having a really strong profile that's up to date with enough detail on that. It's effectively like a CV these days. So it's really, really important that your LinkedIn is reflective of your CV and all your great experience. So make sure you're optimizing it. That goes from having a professional picture and a really clear title about what you are and then enough detail on your um, in your job experiences to kind of basically entice people to reach out to you. It's also really important to get the right keywords because a lot of people do keyword searches. So so make sure that there's enough detail in your profile that you're going to be coming up in searches uh, from recruiters and that it's, again, not too much information, but enough there to uh, show what you can do. And then also that you're kind of utilizing it to good effect by connecting with the right people in your networks, building your networks, that you're posting content so people can see what you're all about and a bit more behind the name and face, uh, see a bit more about what you stand for. Uh, your expertise, a great opportunity to show thought leadership, and also to build a following. Because in this day and age, building a personal brand, it's not for everyone, but it is an important tool and a really useful tool if you're job searching, because it's a great way to build your network for more people to see your profile and a great way to show your expertise and credibility. So uh, I would definitely encourage 
people to sign up to LinkedIn, to optimize your profile, and also to start posting. We live in an online world. And if you are not on LinkedIn, it's very hard to be found and for for people to know who you are and and what you do. As headhunters, we use LinkedIn so much to find people. So if you are ever looking for a new role or a new opportunity, or even just to expand your network to make connections, then I think being on LinkedIn is really important. Personally, I think it's a great channel to um, build your personal brand, establish yourself as a thought leader within any niche I think in the day of like sort of digital media I'm not saying that CVs are dead but you certainly can get a long way with a strong LinkedIn profile of course in order to maximize the benefits of the platform you really need to understand how it works and that takes time you know understanding what generates best engagement how you can use the different tools I mean it took me a long time your network is extremely important in helping you not only uh, get a role but also hire once you are in those roles Um, having a brand on LinkedIn is a good way to keep your network engaged and up to date with what it is that you're doing and if you want their help and their support the more up to date they are with what is happening in your career uh, the more likely they are to help you. I think it's important to have that presence on LinkedIn because essentially you're only getting a snapshot of who you are from your CV. And, you know, LinkedIn gives you that platform to kind of show and demonstrate more. Like we said, the CV has to be a certain point and can only tell so much of the story. So I think sort of LinkedIn, it allows you to demonstrate a bit more of the the, the sort of human side to you, you know, whether you've got sort of podcasts on there, whether you're sharing content that, that, that's sort of relevant. I think basically use it as that platform to show a bit more about you to anybody that might be interested, really. I think there's always the risk of falling into the realm of treating LinkedIn like an Instagram account or, or Facebook. I think, you know, keep it professional. It's there for a reason and it's accessible to all. So just be conscious of, you know, what you're following, what you're doing. Again, I think, you know, try where possible and, you know, tailor it for the audience you're targeting, you know, making sure that stuff you're sharing is relevant and you know, isn't all over the place and, and too sort of sporadic. And I think as well, if it's kind of, if you're, you know, building that LinkedIn presence, a lot of it is is going to be around, you know, sort of content. And I think an important thing is sticking to regular timings of when you post that sort of content and when that's released. You know, if you follow a particular podcast and enjoy that, you know, sort of launching every week, then the same could be said for, for stuff that, that you're pushing out on LinkedIn. So I think just making sure that, you know, you're, you're sort of following the, the, the right sort of boundaries there. I think what is important is making sure that what you've got on LinkedIn also tallies with your CV. I've had it in the past where CVs have had one job title on, but actually a LinkedIn profile has had another and that has been raised you know, by a client. So I think whatever you're sort of putting on LinkedIn, make sure there is some sort of link to your CV and that there isn't you know, bits of information that, that aren't correct across both but for me it's you know it's I guess it's just finding out a bit more about what world people are walking in who they're following the shared networks we use LinkedIn less as a let's say a a stalking tool it's more of a okay I want to find out more about this person and you could find you know like nice links through to articles that people have written or you know podcasts that they've been on so I think making sure that if you've got stuff like that it's relevant and it's at the forefront you don't have to do too much digging advice I would give for anyone looking to build their LinkedIn presence would be to ensure that you are 
writing about something that you're passionate about and something that you're able to talk about from your unique perspective rather than chasing trends. And if you're going to talk about something that everyone's talking about, try and find your unique spin that you can put on it. I think authenticity is super key on LinkedIn. And I think people can really pick up when you're not being authentic and it comes across as really disingenuous. So that's my biggest don't. And the flip side of that would be the the biggest do, I think. I had a 30 day posting challenge earlier this year and actually I gained 2000 followers as a result. But as a don't for that is that I kind of set myself targets that were possibly too ambitious. So I would say, don't commit to a target that you cannot achieve. Um, don't be overly promotional or or neglect your profile as well. And also don't overcomplicate complicate things. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to have perfect content. I think it's more important to be consistent than, uh, than to be perfect. Another do would be, I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it really does help to have a genuine interest in what you're sharing because having real experience that people can relate to, I think is key. Uh, and also will incentivize them to engage with your post. So I think having real experience means you have a unique angle to share from. Also, I think it's really important to really engage with your audience. So if you do a post, don't just post and disappear. You know, be there, respond to the comments, ask any questions and initiate conversation. I think that's going to go a long way in kind of creating that that engagement. And also another do would be use visuals. I think for me, like, you know, when something catches your eye, that really does go a long way. And that can make come in a difference between keeping scrolling or actually spending like three seconds to see what that is about. So again, sometimes we focus too much on the content. Obviously the content is important, but if that's not appealing or attractive to the eye, then that's also like lost effort. I think you can have a bit more personality on LinkedIn. So like, who are you? What do you do? Like, What are you an expert in? Why should we be listening to you basically? When building your profile, I would just say, you know, include information. Don't just, you know, have job title and company and that's it. Like tell us who you are and what you do. And then when it comes to like putting out content or like building a presence, I think it's really important to be authentic um, don't force like corporate speak or posts that don't really reflect your true voice or like your true thoughts and opinions on things. So yeah, I think be authentic, try and connect with your audience. I think similarly, if you're doing anything that's more on the kind of consulting or contract side of things, a lot of people kind of forget you can spend a lot of time thinking about the product and what you're offering to the market. But if you don't really think about the acquisition side of how you're going to get those clients, then it's going to be a real struggle. So where I see people doing well on LinkedIn, it is first of all on the regular posting, being kind of concise in what they're trying to say and get the message out there. Yeah, just using it as, as a platform, right? It's ultimately what you make of it. But as long as you're kind of true to yourself, you can't really go wrong. Despite LinkedIn being a social media channel to some extent, it is still... A professional social media channel not a personal one there are things that are worth sharing and some that aren't personal stories tend to get more engagement however try and strike that balance between staying professional and being personable almost you need to be super clear on what you want to be known for and what I mean by that is what do you stand for like what are the things that you rant about in the pub with your mates Like, what are the things that really get you riled up? What meetings would you walk out of if someone said something about that topic? Because building a, you could follow the blueprint that I've created and talk about the same topics that I'm talking about. And you probably have have find some success because 
I've kind of gone that path and proved that talking about those things works, right? But you'll get to a certain point where your audience teeters off, your followers teeter off, and you kind of plateau because guess what? It's not authentic. It's not personal, right? You're just branding yourself. So you're then like every other other person on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. So the first thing you have to think about is what do you want to be known for? Like, what are the things that you really, not just, you know, want to tell people about, but like, what do you feel deep in your soul? It could be that, you know, your kid has ADHD and you feel like kids with ADHD just get really badly treated at school because school doesn't look after them. Like that could be one of the things you want to be known for, right? It doesn't have anything to do with your work, but you're really passionate about it. And the key to all of this is, it's very, very difficult to have the confidence to start posting online, right? We all know that. I know that. You know that. Every, even Stephen Bartlett, by the way, when he first started posting content online, took him six hours to record a three-minute video because he was stumbled over his words, right? Everyone starts in the same place. But if you're talking about things you're confident in talking about because you feel so passionately about them, it becomes so much easier. Because imagine being unconfident about posting content and then on top of that, being unconfident about what you're talking about. So find the things that you're confident in talking about. It could be Spurs or like Arsenal for all I care, but find something that is your thing, right? And then the second part of this is once you've sort of figured out what you want to be known for, which by the way, is a really difficult task to do. It's a very kind of confronting question. What do you want to be known for, right? There's a good exercise that um, you can do, which is where you write 20 words that you feel about yourself. So it could be like kind monochrome, like I am, I only ever wear black and white. You know, it could be luxurious, whatever you want it to be. And then you ask yourself 20 questions about those things, right? And that then helps you build a picture of who you are, and will help you answer the question of what you want to be known for. The next step to that is go and start commenting on people's stuff. I'm not going to sit here and force you to post content, you're not quite there yet. Just go and start commenting on people's stuff, go and start seeing what other people are posting, getting involved in discussions that other people have started. Comments are content too, right? But they are a lot less scary to do because it's not on your feed, it's on someone else's. So particularly on LinkedIn, go and start commenting on people's stuff, build up your confidence, start adding value to other people's conversations. And what happens there is your confidence gets built because people are interested in what you have to say. And then you can go, okay, I've got this. I I have the balls now to go and post my own piece of content And even better, you could take a comment that got a lot of replies on someone else's post and then share that as content yourself. So it's kind of removed the barrier of entry there because you've already posted that thing. So you may as well share it on your page as well if it's done well on someone else's. So first and foremost, get to figure out what you want to be known for. Second thing is start commenting. And then the third thing is once you have the confidence with commenting, rip that bandaid off and go for it. That's all from us today. And I really hope that you found this episode useful and that it will help you land your next role. If there's anything that I or the rest of the JBM team can do to help you further, then please do get in touch on info at jbmc.co.uk. And if you're new to 40 Minute Mentor and are enjoying the podcast so far, then please consider leaving us a review on ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm or via your favorite podcast platform. I don't just love reading your reviews, but they also really help us to get the podcast in front of new audiences and spread the power of mentorship even further. So thank you in advance for your support. So happy new year again, and thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to seeing you again next week for even more pocket-sized mentorship. Mm